Welcome back to the Show of Oddities. I'm Serafina, and the oddity I'm feeling like today is one of those old biology charts you would find in a doctor's office about a century ago. You know, the one where it's like half a person and like half all of their organs. That's how I'm feeling. Uh, I am so sorry that this episode took way longer to get out than I thought it would, which means we have another episode before we go on break, which is really nice, but... Uh, they upped my dose, we upped my dose and my medication, and it is really doing its number on me. Medication is a wonderful tool, but it does take a long time to get used to it, and this week has had its challenges. So, I apologize, I apologize, <laughs> I apologize for your wait, but we have a really cool conversation with Courtney still. We have about an hour of some really cool stuff where we touch on some sensitive stuff, some odd stuff, and I think it is really fun. So I'm excited to bring it to you guys today. I want to thank you again for your patience, but I also want to thank you for your response to last week's episode. It was really fun, and I am so grateful that I have a platform to which I can bring my friends on and talk about some really cool stuff and then have you guys give us feedback on that and support us. So thank you so much for that. It has been a very bright light uh, in this dark week. And next week, we come back with a really cool episode that I know you guys are going to love. But until then, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Courtney. Um, I have a question for you that... Sure. It's of the same vein, but it's something that I ask everyone, not not on this podcast, but in my real life. Um, I ask a lot of people this because I think it's something that's very interesting. And every time I ask someone of a different race, I get a different answer, which I find is really interesting. And also every time I ask someone of a different age, I get a different answer. So I've never gotten the same answer twice. And I will lead up with my own answer. So that way you kind of know what I'm talking about. So the okay. question is, was there a formative headline or moment in time that changed you mentally to make you want to be more progressive? Uh, for me personally, I was raised in um, kind of an information, uh, I, I was kind of cut off from a lot of the world uh, for a long time. I spent a lot of time outside. I was spent a lot of time by myself. I was an only child. Um, and I didn't really learn about the a lot of the world until I was a teenager. And, and don't get me wrong, I learned a lot. I read a lot. I had a lot of books. But that the books aren't your nighttime news. You know, like me reading freaking the series of Unfortunate Events series a million times didn't tell me about the world. You know, like I knew of the world. I was a very smart kid. I knew a lot of like stuff about geology. I spent a lot of time in like museums. But like I didn't know. I didn't even really know. You know, like I couldn't tell you like who the presidential candidates were at any time until I was in my teens. And that's when uh, I got social media. Once again, a very powerful tool and learned a lot of things. So for me, my most formative headline uh, for me politically was actually the murder of Michael Brown in Ferguson. Uh, if you remember, that it was 2014. And that was the first time that I realized 
that things were not okay. That, uh, that there was a different life that other people were living. I knew I had, I, I was raised in a very diverse city. I, I knew that racism existed. I didn't realize systemic racism existed like it did. And that, that murder and everything that followed after it online. And in that moment, I was, I spent three days on Twitter looking at every tweet and anyone had tweeted every news person, anything they had tweeted, every video I saw, every, everything of that. It was so insane to me that I had no idea. Right. And I mean, that's privilege in the sense of, I didn't know. Right. I didn't, I had no idea. And ever since then I have been an activist. I have been on the streets. I have been, you know, paying attention. I've been doing, you know, all, everything I can, but that was the most formative headline for me. Wow. So first, I, you know, I had to, to share my age because I'm way before the times of, of social media. You right. know, um, all of that. Hell, cell, phone, I, cell phones weren't even around when I was a kid. Uh, that didn't happen until I was in college. That's how old I am. <laughs> so, um, so, and I say that to say that for me, newspapers and watching the actual news was a regular occurrence. Like right. I would normally read the newspaper, um, mainly because I want the sports page <laughs> and I want the comic section. Right. But you know, you got to flip through all the other stuff to get to that. But I think for me, the 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 situation, the moment that connected me with the a bigger world. Um, and you've probably only heard about this when baby Jessica fell in the well. Oh my Have god! You, <laughs> you remember? Do you remember hearing about that? I don't know if I heard it. I know about it. I don't think like, I was. Was I alive when that happened? You weren't alive. You weren't I alive. Because so. I was only in like fifth grade, maybe fourth grade. Um, and you had. So get this. This happened in my city. This happened in Midland. Wait, are you for real? Yes. This happened in Midland, Texas. Baby Jessica fell in the well. It was 1987. So, yeah, that was uh, that was seven years before I was born. Yeah. And on the second day of that situation, the first day, like, I remember coming home and, you know, that was all that was on the news and everybody. And I'm, and me being a little bratty kid, I'm just like, who, who cares? A baby fell in the well, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, you know, I go to school and it's all that everyone's talking about. It became the topic. That's all everyone was talking about. Yeah, And so after school, I remember coming home and being way concerned. I'm just like, mom, oh my God, did they get the kid? Did they get what's the going on with Jessica? Yeah, what's going on with baby Jessica? And so she was like, well, let's go out there and see. We actually went to the site and looked over wow. the fence in the backyard um, to see them working. And this is before they had roped it off. I mean, then it got so bad to where you know, so many people were showing up that they had to rope it off and keep people from even getting close enough to go and see. But this was, you know, we went up there before they had they did this and actually looking over into the backyard 
and seeing them try to, you know, construct a, a, a hole on the side and, and, you know, get this baby out of the well. And it just became a worldwide story. Uh, mm-hmm. Ultimately, it was a company from, I think, Japan or China that brought over the, the technology and the special drill that was able to, to go into the ground and, and build a horizontal well on the side that somebody else could go in to, to retrieve her. And it was just such a global story of humanity coming together for a common cause. Everybody was praying for this little girl. Everybody was wanting to get her out alive. And when it finally happened, it was like a worldwide celebration. Uh, all at one, I mean, a worldwide celebration. I remember it was so big, Oprah Winfrey came to Midland, Texas and did a live show. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, it was just such, you know, that it made me realize then how even in my little town of Midland, Texas, the world could be watching. The world right. is watching what happens even in my little town of Midland, Texas. Yeah, mattered. It mattered. And, uh, you know, ever since then, I, I just have had such an appreciation of the global picture and this realization that there are eyes everywhere who can care about what you are doing in one place. Yeah. That's interesting. That That is interesting that that would be the, the first time, because I, I could see how that happened. I guess in theory, my first would be uh, September 11th. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was seven when that happened, and I remember it. I mean, I remember the whole day. I remember, you know, exactly where I was, what happened. But that was so different. Right. You know, it wasn't – that was like a – that was the first time I think I realized, like, the world existed, you know, in the sense of, like – but I was still so young that I didn't realize like everything that happened around it and everything that went around it. Um, I just like, that was probably like the biggest thing that probably happened. But yeah, Michael Brown's murder was the first time I realized like, Oh, the media could be reporting something that's not (laughs) what's actually happening. And also why is no one really talking about this? And also like what in the hell you know, like what's going on. Um, and when I realized that the world could actually be smaller and what was happening could be twisted and turned into anything. That's why that one was, I think it was the most formative for me. Cause that was the first time that I had seen the truth <laughs> that I was woke <laughs> I awoke at that time. No, not just a joke. But that was the first time that I had had something like that happen that I cared so deeply about. But then all the people in my life were like, well, yeah, he should have been he shouldn't have been stealing. And I was like, wait a second. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, exactly. That's not how any of this works. I, I was like, I'm sorry. What do you mean? Like, I didn't I didn't think that cops were judge, jury and executioner. I, that's not. I wasn't raised in that world because I was raised in, you know, nice suburbia uh, where they feed you this information and cops are supposed to help you and all of this stuff. And that was the first time I was like, holy 
shit. Right? <laughs> what do you mean? What right? does any of this mean? And then I had this like crazy like derealization of like, oh, oh, it's a hellscape. Oh, it's a hellscape. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, we gotta do something about this. And then I've been doing I've been trying to do something about it ever since. But yeah, it's it's fun that yours is baby Jessica. I love that. I love that you were like, oh, <laughs> oh, things matter. Things matter. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, and you know that's cool. When I think about, you know, the other side of that and and in relation to your experience, I guess that's one of those cultural differences. Because yeah. When you're you know, when you're black, you've been black the whole time. Right. And so this right. is just what you know. This is your right. everyday experience. And we pass down those everyday experiences to each other and we say, you know, these are the things that you have to look out for and you right. have to look out for it because you're a different color than everybody else. Right. And so and that was the first time I re- and I had black friends. Yeah. And that was the first time I turned to them and I went do you not trust me with this information? And they went, no. And I was like, holy shit. And they were right. You know, like, cause it's like, yeah, you're not, this isn't your life. Like you, you're like, I was like, what? Um, I was like 15, I guess when this happened or I was 14. No, I was, how old was I? I don't know how old I was. Um, but I was, you know, old enough. I was old enough to know better. Really? Like, like I said, I, I think I was more, weirdly in my generation i was more uh, accustomed to gay people and their struggle because my uncle was gay and married he got married in connecticut before it was legal uh, like a decade before it was legal anywhere and and that happened when i was a young child um and i had friends that were gay so i was like way more in tune with that and i had seen racism happen to my friends and knew it was wrong and and, and cared about it then but i had never been um a part of you know the discussions at their dinner tables of, hey, this is what you need to be looking out for. This is what's going on. I, I was never a part of any of that. So when that happened, I was then worried about that stuff. And, and then I was so graciously invited into those conversations. And that was when I think such a, that was so formative for me because it really changed my view on the world and my empathy um, because I've always been such an empathetic person, but to really know the nitty gritty of it all. Well, you know, I'm um, really glad that your friends let you into the conversation. Because oh, me too. As, as I talked to, you know, I, I've uh, I did one national panel on CRT, and we were just yeah uh, talking about the 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 conversation became on allyship. And the role that white people play. And right. I say, and I was the only panelist who said, well, you have to embrace your allies and embrace those white people who want to help. And like everybody came unglued on, on me about that. And I said, well, let me tell you why. It's because they have what we want, and that's the power to actually make a change. We can be, right. we can just- be up in arms all we want to. But we can't do anything, and that's the reason why we're up in arms in the first place. But they're the ones who can actually go and have those conversations that are different than the conversations that we can have, and they can affect the change because they will get the people will listen to them that and not listen to us. And so you have to embrace that and use it the right way and not be afraid to do that. 
Not everybody gets Yeah, but the fear is so it's so real. And I understand that. I understand like I I one of my black friends, her mom sat down and explained to me that's like you have to understand like the power your tears have. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like I understand it. I understand why there's so much apprehension and like I wish I could I, I try very hard to, you know, close those bonds and and to 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 talk to white people in a real way of like, Hey, <laughs> like, hey, yo, it is not, whatever you think it is. It is not that it is 20 times different and deeper than you could ever imagine. And like the power, the power struggle in that or the power dynamic in that and being vulnerable with a white ally is, it's something that you will never understand, you know? And I'm I'm glad that we we both sit on the same side of the coin where you're like no you have you you have to keep reaching your hand out you know and like me being like no we got to reach our hand out you know like that it's not we got to we got to create the space one 1000% because you know our f- stupid f- it, sorry I I have a hard hard time with generational shit you know um it's like we're the, the we're the product of generational wealth and generational systemic racism that's been going on for hundreds of years that we have a platform and we have a microphone from the day we're born. Right. And we gotta, we gotta give that to other people and we gotta let them, we gotta let them talk because whatever you think is going on ain't, is is, it just ain't it. It's not what's happening. And I, I was, I was, I was so lucky, um, at that time that I was actually in, uh, I was in hair school at that time, I believe. Um, and I had a, I had a black mentor. Her name was Billy. Her name is Billy. She's still alive. I don't know why I said was. Um, and she was amazing. I mean, truthfully, she, why do I keep saying was? Cause it was that time of my life. She is amazing. She's currently amazing. She does amazing things for her community. She actually had started a, like a natural hair, like Cincinnati, Nat, Cincinnati, I can't remember. It's she changed the name now, but it was all about bringing women together to take care of their hair in a natural way. And she had a lot of classes with white mothers with mixed children and all of this stuff where she was teaching them. And I got to be a part of some of those things, but I also got to have real conversations with her. And she was forty five, I think, at the time, and I was fifth. I was sixteen, and to have her very vulnerably tell me some very vulnerable truths about the scenario and me being so outraged about something she had been dealing with her entire life yeah. was insane. And I, and I think about yeah, that conversation about how much she actually held my hand in a moment that wasn't about me. And I am like, I, I feel awful about that now in the sense, but she, she sat there and held my hand and was like, this is the truth and this is what's going on and this is what's been going on and this is why this happens and this is all this. And she sat and talked to me for such a long time and we had um, a receptionist at the school who was black and we were we were smoking uh, cigs. Like that's what you do in hair school. You spend a lot of time smoking cigs. And uh, she was like on the other side of like this like brick wall and our one of our conversations ended and she walked around and me and her weren't close. She didn't know me that well. And she was like, that was such an interesting conversation. She was like, I just kept waiting to see where it was going to go. She was like, I've heard that conversation be had so many times and end negatively. Like that was so interesting to listen to because Billy was, she was amazing. 
she was she was so amazing and she showed me so many truths and i will always just have this part of me that is so grateful for having someone who was so kind to me in a moment that's like yeah bitch <laughs> like yeah that's what's been going on this whole time wake up like what are you talking about and she was like like just step and step with me and then gave me so many resources to be like read this book you know go go look at this go go you know go here go here do this do this because in cincinnati we have we're right on the river right so we were we're the we were like the last union stop in the civil war so we have so many amazing museums and resources that tell that that tell the story and from black voices and who share the history from black creators and black artists and all this stuff. And she was like, let's go here. Let's go. Let's learn. And I will forever be grateful for that time in my life because now being able to see the world as much as I possibly can from my own seat, it's um, one, it's extremely saddening, right? It's awful. To know, to know the truth. That's why so many people don't want to know the truth, right? Because it hurts. And it's easier to be, ignorance is bliss. Yes. But at the same time, as the exact, two things happen at the same time. The depression of learning fuels the passion of making it want to be better. Yes. So, and and she did that. She, she set the wheels in motion for me of, yes, this anger it will destroy everything. You have to turn it into fuel. And it did. And she did. And, and I, I will never be able to see the world a different way. I will. She did such an amazing job in, in, in being so truthful in a way that I'm sure was terrifying to her, but she was brave and, and just so, so smart and 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 so kind in a situation where she didn't have to be she didn't have to be in, in the slightest and it truly is one of those things where i say it's the seed you know so she she spent hours with me teaching me and 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 learning about me and learning about you know this and and she learned some stuff for me about like oh well if this is what they're telling y'all now i know you right. know like this is what's going on and and we spent so much time on those topics that i then was able to go to some of my white friends and be like did y'all know that this is a scenario. And then they were like, no, I had no idea. And I was like, let's learn about it. And then it was like, we were having, I was like, you know, having book clubs <laughs> with, you know, reading like bell hooks, you know, reading like all of this stuff. And um, it, then those, those friends of mine went on to tell their friends. It was like a, pyra a pyramid scheme of, of allyship. Nice. You know, and. Um, you know, it's some, some it takes that one person branching out and being willing to be vulnerable enough to teach somebody else. Yes. You know, Isn't and that's it, something yeah. that that's something I try to do. It, yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard work. You know, in my in my band world, in the in the music education field, there are not very many black people. 
And so in, in education in general here in West Texas, there are not very many black teachers. And so in the band world, in, in those kids that I encounter in high school, for a lot of them, I am the first and only black male, the only black man that they will have encountered at their school that is not a janitor. Wow. And so I can remember very distinctly this one kid, uh, his freshman year, we were in the warm-up block just before rehearsal was getting started and everything. And he just out of nowhere said, Mr. Ratliff, you don't act like the other black people. You don't act like other black people. Oh. I said, well, what is that supposed to mean? Mm. He said, well, you don't act like the black people I see on TV. Mm. And I said, oh, well, let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you well, see on TV? And he said, yeah, it was like, well, you know, the rappers and then they're the, the criminals that they show on the news. And that's, you know, that's all the black people I ever see. And you're not like any of those people. Mm. And, you know, my my gut reaction was to be so angry. Right. But then the other part was just like, oh, my God, yeah. this really is all that he knows about a whole group of people. Yep. And, you know, I, I had to tell him, I said, let me tell you, black people are more like me than what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. I promise you that. We're good people and we're hardworking. We're just as educated as everyone else. We're so people. don't believe everything you see. Yeah. Right, exactly. It just makes you mad at the media because it is an image that's portrayed. Yeah, and I think it's, I don't know, I, I don't want to maybe you agree with me maybe not i think it's better now it's getting better because but it's not the, enough well the reason why it's better is because we realize it yeah. we've realized we now we know yeah and before we didn't know we didn't know that that wasn't the situation but again thanks to social media that gives us the opportunity to experience so many different people in right. their natural environment through their own words we're able to learn so much more about different people that and don't have to rely on someone else's interpretation of what those people are right yeah it's it's interesting it's and that's the thing too about systemic is that so many people want to keep us apart so that way we can't have conversations and learn because education is power in every sense of the word yes in every absolutely. sense of the word absolutely and it's, I'm excited for the next 20 years, you know, the next 30 years, what that looks like in the sense of, you know, I, I get on my phone and I see everyone, you know, and I know not everyone's like that. Not everyone's TikTok algorithm looks like mine. Not everyone's on Twitter like I am. But the idea that even me in, in my small town, like I have access to so much that's out there. You know, our, our listeners are super diverse. I, I, the amount of people who follow us in different places and I look at their pages and, and follow them and look back, we have so many different opportunities to connect with one another. And it's just beautiful. It, it's, it's something that we're all kind of learning right now, right? Like we're all trying to like carefully walk together uh, to figure out, you know, how you,
blend 42 different communities, you know, all at the same time. But in 20 years, it'll be a no brainer, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's very hopeful. There's things in there that are, that are so hopeful to me. And it's interesting, you know? So it's like, I had the Michael, Michael Brown thing and that was six years, seven years uh, before George Floyd. But it's like, how many people saw George Floyd? And, and, right. and saw that and, and saw the impact of that. And now we're in the same place that I was and are in a place of learning, you know, and that was so many years ago. And it's like the seeds that have been planted in education and what that looks like is very hopeful to me. You know, how many, how, how long do we have until Rob, the truth about who Robert E. Lee is no, known by, everyone you know like it's not just something where you can be like he was a great military mind one he really wasn't and two like you the know point that west, west point itself even disassociated themselves from robert e lee right. and said that he was a, a bad uh, strategist because of some of the strategies that he enacted was the reason why they lost the war right he said robert e lee could have won that war had he done different things so it yeah. he was not even a great general <laughs> he wasn't he truly wasn't like he he did not understand the assignment i'm going to tell you one thing at all like he was not he he was a name and he did that but other than that man and um yeah so when you see all these like book bannings and you see all these people screaming about well they want to teach white kids that they're bad it's like that's not true um, none of this is true. And once again, when something is dying, it's screaming the loudest. Look into it. They want to ban a book. Read that book. Read the book for read sure. Read the book for sure. One hundred percent. There's a reason they don't want you to read that book. Right. So read it. Figure it out. See what's going on. And then read another book. Also, I love reading, so I just tell people all the time, like, read a book. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Reading's fun. Learning's fun. But I'm also a nerd so it's kind of hard to explain well, we but we have to get rid of that stigma reading is is just that should be second nature it's not a nerdy so thing too. it's nerdy to be dumb uh you know I what you're right flip the switch on that whole thing <laughs> see i don't even think i think being nerdy is cool so like i like nerds i go out and friend nerds and i want to talk to nerds so for me it's more like not reading it's just ick. It's gross. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't you don't read. I'm you don't not. read. Reading is so much fun. And I know that there's a lot of people who don't maybe don't have the you know access to reading or don't have the time. You know, there was a long time where I was working two jobs and going to school. Like I couldn't read, you know, for a long time. But now with technology, you know, like there's the Libby app that your local library probably has an app. And uh reading is cool. It's a fun way to spend time. I genuinely, I mean, even though if you're on TikTok, there are, there are great things to go out there and learn and, and find out that way. But there is something about reading that exercises your brain in a way that I don't feel like we get very much in the modern age. And it's I'm cool. so mad at Donald Trump. He had one job and that was to ban TikTok and he didn't do it. <laughs> I might have voted for him a second term had he just been. <laughs> I hate TikTok. That's fucked. That's just the old man in me, but I'm not yeah. a fan of TikTok. I, you know what? I, listen, there, 
both sides are no i'm just kidding <laughs> i like tiktok for a couple reasons but i understand i understand the kickback i think donald trump had one job and that was to tell us what the hell happened with jfk and that man faltered but go off yeah facts. you know homie homie tweeted everything but the cool stuff not a single picture of aliens sir whatever off, well, see, okay, so it was so funny because I was having this conversation with Damien about mm-hmm. he was just like, you know, so do you think that aliens exist? I said, bro, Donald Trump had a briefing about the possibility of aliens in Area 51. After the briefing, he immediately came out and established Space Force. Mm-hmm. You tell me aliens don't exist. I'm like, mm-hmm. he got so shook. In that meeting, that he immediately de- created an entire military division mm-hmm. to defend us in space. Yes, aliens exist. Yep, they sure do. They sure do. Yeah, our last episode of the pod was about aliens. Yes. Um, and it's, yeah, 1000%. But I'm just saying, homie was tweeting from the White House toilet at like 3 a.m. every day, and not one time, not even a selfie with like a, a crashed UFO. Like, come on, dog. He could have done something. He could have. He could have well, done I, something. I'm pretty sure after his reaction to what they did tell him, they're just like, okay, we better let's not tell him anymore. We definitely don't want to show him anything. Yeah, you're right about that. They were like, you know what? Maybe he's not. He's a little busy for this meeting. He's a little busy. Yeah, he, he ain't ready for that part. So. <laughs> he ain't ready for it at all. Um, okay, I am going to. At this point, we've been going for a minute here. So I'm going to ask you one last question. And that is because this is Oddity Arcadia. So I got to make it a little odd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, If we put three items in a circle to summon you, (laughs) what would those items be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, You would need to put in like something... Darth Vader. Okay. My my fraternity nickname is Vader. Okay. And so I love nice Darth Vader. Name. Yes, yes. And so I, I love Darth Vader. He is like my all time favorite character. I always cheer for the bad guy anyway, but Me too. He was he was so misunderstood. I agree. Um, <laughs> let's see. So something Darth Vader, you would need to Put in something. Oh wow! Probably some like some cheesecake. Okay. Because that is my favorite dessert. I love cheesecake. I agree. And then, uh, if you want summons me, <laughs> in in reference to our friends in Alabama, just throw up a purple hat. Okay. And I'm Okay. <laughs> so I'm assuming when you say purple hat, are you? Reg- is this about football? No, I no? just love purple. Purple is my favorite color. Oh, okay, cool. And I think it's because I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a Leo, mm. and purple is the color of royalty. It sure is. And so, purple is my favorite color. I gotcha. love it in all different shades. I didn't. I didn't know if it was a football thing, and we were gonna go down the Joe Burrow train. <laughs> oh, no, no, Joe no, no, Burrow. 
he he he's okay. I mean, you know, that's that's y'all's guy. I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan. Oh, okay. Um, um so you know, that's y'all guy. He he, I yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, you're right. He he is all right. He's good. <laughs> he's living. He's doing something, you know. Um, yeah. I guess I do have one last question for you. Okay. Is there because your 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 little co-host, my little co-host, doesn't know nothing about nothing when it comes to cryptids? Does Texas have anything interesting going on down there? Wait, when it comes to what cryptids? Do you know what a cryptid Crypt- is? What do you mean by cryptid? Uh, no. like Mothman, like Bigfoot. Oh, oh, so look, okay. So we are close to Mexico, right? We're we're, we're neighbors, mm-hmm. and in the Mexican culture, they don't have necessarily big, Bigfoot, but something very close called a chupacabra. Yep. And chupacabra is—I mean, just the description is very much like Bigfoot, mm-hmm. except I think that the chupacabra would scare bigfoot yeah um just you know by the by the legends that i've been told and so do i think that that chupacabra is real very possibly i mean i wouldn't look i've seen some strange things in strange places in my day (laughs) that i can't explain and you know i just throw that out it's a chupacabra okay leave it alone I don't want to know. I'm not that curious. Just let it be and let me go the other way. There you go. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yeah. I think that uh, he's got some learning to do about it. He's like, I don't know nothing about any of that. I was like, really? He was like, you don't even know Chupacabra? She's like, no. He had no idea. So. I got work. So so that's your job. Yeah. to To get him a little odder. Yes. I can do that. You know, he he uh, he needs some work on that. <laughs> Get that man a little otter. Yeah, a little otter. That's otter. so funny. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. No, this thank you wonderful. for having me. You know, I've been, I've been, I'm the one who's been bugging you. I'm just like. Am I ever going to be get to do this show? She told me a long time ago that she wanted me on her show. I, I got mad at Damien. I'm just like, she doesn't call me. She doesn't love me no more. Because you actually, you actually have been on Wait What? I have. Yes, I have. And I loved it. So. It was great. Yeah, I. to be fair, I was dying. So I was having health issues for a long time. Okay, this year's been a lot. <laughs> I understand. It's been a lot, but yeah, I I am so happy to have you on and we will definitely bring you back because you have so much knowledge and so much history and it's fun to learn about you, but it's also fun to learn about other things together. You know, that's the whole, the whole thing. Absolutely. So when I, whenever I hear people say you have so much knowledge and so much history, that means I'm old and I know. Oh no, I don't think that. I don't think that. I don't think it's because you're old. I think it's because you're smart. (laughs) <laughs> and because you care and that's i i have a lot of knowledge and i'm still young ish <laughs> you're, you're, you're young you're 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 young 
I'm young enough, but you know, I, I, I like people who care and I like people who know a lot of things about what they care about. And that's the, those are the real nitty gritty things I like to get into. And uh, we'll have to get into that. I mean, once you're done changing, uh, you know, every no child left behind and, <laughs> <laughs> and you got a little bit more time, we'll definitely have you back to talk about something, you know, a little spookier, maybe a little odder, maybe a little darker. We'll find out. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love this show. I love listening to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I've been, I find myself in weird times thinking about what my oddity is. <laughs> Just like, man, what am I feeling right now? It's I did that after the, first, after the first day of school. I felt like I was like a run over like leather strap or something. I was just mm. like, I just felt, I felt some kind of way. I was feeling an oddity. Well, it's a good check-in. It's a good check-in to have to be like, what am I feeling like right now? And you're like, Ugh, I don't feel great. Or sometimes you're like, I feel like a beautiful pressed flower. And you're like, hell yeah, having a good day. So it just, it's a good check-in. We have a lot of fun with it. And I'm glad that uh, you have a lot of fun with it. I actually, I get that a lot. I'll get like little messages on Instagram. That's like today, Today, I am feeling like a taxidermied cowboy raccoon. And it's like, all right, <laughs> yeehaw, like, go off. Um, and it's just fun. It's, it is, it's fun. It's fun to check in like that. So I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad we've impacted you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. And Siri, hello. I hope you're doing well. Hope your transition is going incredible. And we can't wait to have you back on the show. I know. I miss her. It's, uh, it's odd doing it by myself, but it's still fun. It's fun. I was, I've been very lucky. I'm very lucky to have Amby fill in those shoes, which are very large shoes to fill. Uh, not because she has big feet, just because she's, you know, a big old personality. <laughs> but I, yes, we are very lucky that we have someone who's odd in every other way than she is come in and, and, and talk with us. It's great. Um, thank you for letting me borrow your co-host. I really appreciate it. I, I did not. I did not have any any say in it. I just found out that this was the situation because <laughs> I already told. Like the first time that he uh, did the the movie, the movies um, podcast yeah. with you guys, and he told me about. It. I was just like, "Oh, so you cheating on me? <laughs> Is this what we're doing now? You got a whole other podcast family out there." I don't even know that. It's just like, oh. We're all a big podcast family. Listen, you're here too. <laughs> you That's got, right. You got a seat at our table. Right on. And right you always on. will, for sure. Um, likewise. Likewise. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's fun. It's been fun finding you guys and getting close with you guys because you guys are awesome. Truly. Uh, I've already talked about it multiple times. Wait What Podcast will be linked in our description it's almost linked in almost all of our descriptions now, just because I'm like, if you're here, you're probably going to, you're going to care, especially if you like current events and weird poems, great poems, but weird poems. <laughs> can you yeah, imagine that? A little dark sometimes. Can you imagine in all of your like hours long podcasts? I'm like, it's a, it's a poetry podcast. <laughs> It's not, it's not even close not. to a poetry podcast. There's just a poem, you know, sometimes right. and it's, it's great and it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. People are always asking me, well, what is your show about? And I said, that's hard to explain because it's about whatever we want to talk about that week. Yeah. 
And you said to say it's a conversation between two friends. Yeah, that's typically what I say. Two funny, yeah. smart, witty friends <laughs> who love each other so much that it's uh, adventures on hate. <laughs> <laughs> Annoyance. <laughs> and it's hilarious right. to listen to. It's so much fun. Also, me and you tend to have the same opinion. So listening to it is really funny for me because I'm like, yeah, get him, get him. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You know, I, uh, we also have the sports weight sports for any of those sports fans like your husband. You might yep. really like our sports stuff. He listened, really he like our sports missed stuff. a single episode. Nice. Nice. And yeah. so, you know, I always at the end of that, I'm always talking about, you know, well, what if know what, what I got right and what Damien got wrong. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. sometimes that's just the way it goes. That is the way it goes. No, my husband is a huge fan of both of your podcasts. I don't think he's missed an episode of either um, nice. in, in months. He's he's a huge fan. He, uh, he has a really long commute to work. So he enjoys sitting there and listening to y'all. And then he'll come home and tell me something about one of y'all. And I was like, I didn't even know that. And he was like, yeah, it was on the podcast. Didn't you listen? I was like, I haven't gotten to it yet. It's on the list for tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like, I, like I'm the bad friend. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, what? You didn't hear that? Oh my God. I was like, what's oh wrong with you? <laughs> I didn't know. I'm so sorry. And he's like, yeah, Damien said that. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know. Like, okay, well, I guess I am the bad friend. I don't know. Because he listens to them the day y'all put him out. So, like, I don't even have a chance. Nice. There's no time. He's, I'm like, all right, well, sh shit. A, a loyal weight water. Yeah, exactly. I'm still, trying to, I'm still trying to come up with, like, you know, you have your oddlings. And, you know, that that's a cool name. I'd be mm -hmm. an oddling. <laughs> a weight water I, I i don't know i'm still working it's, it's in the workshop i still don't know uh you just you start calling them waiters and then like you'll be like hey here's your tip <laughs> uh see oh my gosh i love it yes there you go you know just something to something to chew on there we go mm -hmm. you will yeah. be credited for that in the oh, next episode thank you i appreciate that yeah i love uh I love being, like I said, I love community. So immediately I was like, no, these are oddlings. These are oddlings. They are our friends and uh, they are, they're great. We, we have a really cool community fan. I don't want to say fan base because it's not like we're out there doing anything crazy like that, but we have a really cool community of people. And, and so do you guys, it's, it's fun. You guys have a really fun show and uh, oddlings. You would love it. You really would, especially if, I don't know. You liked this conversation because they you you're gonna get way more up to date kind of stuff. Yeah, than for what sure. we typically got going on. We're like, let's talk about 1892, and you're like, did you guys hear what happened on Twitter today? Like, did you hear this? It's <laughs> like, I, sometimes I get a little jealous, or I'm like, I need a, like a a current event situation, and sometimes we do that in the beginning, but uh, it's not you know, Erie doesn't really give a shit about any of it, where she's like, no, I have no idea what that is. And I'm like, okay, well, let me go from the let, let me go from the very beginning. <laughs> it's education of a different color, you know. That's right. That's oh right. My goodness. All right. Well, I will let you go uh, take a nap after your wonderful birthday weekend and to get ready for tomorrow to be, you know, a community leader. But thank you, thank you for very much. And uh, all your links will be in the description. So anyone who after this who wants to go hang out with Courtney, which I'm sure is all of you. Um, you can find it there. Oh, thanks again for having me. I appreciate you. 
so welcome. So, oddlings, get involved, do something rad, and stay odd, Arcadia.